This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. It's been a good month, a good week. Just to, I've been really feeling this is such a significant series, such a significant morning uh, today. What I want to share with you, and and I'm, I'm just really, really trusting that faith is going to be unlocked in our hearts. I just pray, Father. Lord, we thank you, God, that you are powerful, you are mighty, and your word will not return void. God, we pray that this morning, Lord, that every heart be wide open to receive from you. God, we pray that this morning, that each one would not hear the voice of a man, but to hear your voice speaking to them, drawing them, calling them higher. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you'll take us, every one of us, next level, next level faith, next level trust in you, in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people say, Amen. Thank you so much. You may take your seats. So I want to share with you about going next level, about unlocking faith for the supernatural, and I'm going to delving into some of my archives, old stories, about a bit of, about the journey of faith. And I've been evaluating my own life and, and how God has been working with me. And I'm, I'm trusting it's going to stir your faith. It's going to stir you to, uh, to move higher, to move at another level um, with God. So in, in 1996, I uh, was a first-year student and... Um, I think the Lord set me up a bit, There's a whole bunch of stuff that happened to sort of reveal to me that I don't have a foundation. I, I, I thought, you know, everything that was building my life upon wasn't, it wasn't a solid foundation. It was a, it was quicksand. So I had a few crazy stuff happen. My first year there, I drank on telephone duty. Old days when we still had to like had telephones for the seniors. I had to check the telephone for people and like call the senior. I drank on telephone duty with some other guys and we stuffed up and had a disciplinary hearing against me. And, and then I got all my friends, my first year friends upset because they were like initiation process. The seniors were like these first years have no respect for the older men in the house. The 21 year olds. They, it's weird. When you're 18, 21, it looks very old. <laughs> and they have beards. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so a whole bunch of stuff happened. You know, I had this girlfriend, and, and, and that went south. And, 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 and so my, my life all sort of fell apart. All, all these things at the same time happened. I remember I was so stressed that I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't eat. I had this knot in my stomach the whole time. I... I couldn't study, and I was in studying engineering, you know, and I really, I, you have to focus. I was considering leaving the hostel. I was, I mean, it, it was just, I, I just couldn't function. And, and in that time, I realized my foundation is horrible. My foundation was based on these friends that weren't really friends. My foundation was upon, I, I didn't have a foundation. And in that time, Jesus called me. I went to a shofar church in Stellenbosch. I had this incredible God encounter, and my life was radically changed. I, I moved from quicksand onto the rock, which is Christ. 
And yes, there has been challenges afterwards. There have been really difficult seasons. But in that first season, I didn't have the tools to handle the challenges of life. I didn't have the tools. And then after coming to the Lord and after growing and learning, it's like I, I, I've learned how to function, how to manage the trials and the challenges and the difficult things in life. And, and at the heart of it is, it, it comes down to one thing, it comes down to faith, a confidence in who God is and who He is for you. That confidence. You know, and there, there, there are many of us that we are struggling. We're struggling in our work environments. We're struggling maybe in our relationships. And, 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 and we might be stressed or afraid or anxious or, or battling to overcome these challenges. And I want to give us tools. I want to help you. I want to give you some tools so that you can overcome. Imagine this for a moment. A life where you're always confident and always full of peace. Do you think it's possible? I believe it is. Because real peace is not dependent on circumstances. It's dependent upon the one who is peace, Jesus Christ. And, and, and some of us have, because we haven't been standing on the rock, or because maybe we've committed our lives to Christ at some point, but we sort of faded off that rock we find ourselves in bad places, maybe battling with depression because you just don't know how to, to, to manage, how to function, how to, how to cope, how to overcome. So some of us are, are, are running to, 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 to pills to try and cope. And at times, yes, you have to do it if, you, if you're not coping, but there's a better way. <laughs> if you were full of faith, you would probably never have found yourself to need the pills. And, and I'm not condemning anybody if you're need, needing pills or you if you need help, you need help. But I believe there's a better way. You know, I found that many people that battle with depression, if you pull it back to, to, to the source, it was a season of a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. And then they got sick in their souls. And now they need help, you know. Some of us don't know how to cope with life and the pressures of work or business, you know. Don't know where the money's coming from. And then what do we do? Sometimes we then turn to alcohol. We drink too much. A little bit of alcohol's fine. Too much is not fine. And it doesn't solve anything. It medicates your pain, but it doesn't solve the problem. The problem is a lack of faith, a lack of trust in the living God. Some of us are running to all a lot of th things to escape instead of facing life because we haven't learned, we haven't embraced the, the level of faith that God wants for you. So I, I want to call us higher. There, it's possible for you, for me, to live a life full of peace, full of joy, full of confidence. But it's found in faith in God. What is faith? Faith is trust. Come on, say trust. Wholehearted trust. I love the, the acronym or the way they say faith. It stands for forsaking all. I trust him. Forsaking all. I trust him. In other words, I'm not diluting my faith by trusting in other things. Not trusting in the bottle. Not trusting in my money. Not trusting in, in any other thing. I'm trusting in God. In him is my 
trust. Forsaking all, I trust Him. So I, I'm, I'm trusting that this is going to shift on the inside. Of, in, in this message, I just want to lay a foundation for these three weeks. And it comes down to this one thing, basically. I want to reveal to you the importance of faith today. I want to show you that without faith, you're not going to make it. Without a wholehearted trust in the living God, you are not going to make it. So I want to put on the screen there three reasons why. There's many other reasons, but three reasons why you and I need faith. Number one, it's impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible. You cannot please God without faith. It's like God is continuously looking for a people of faith. He's looking everywhere for people who are united and are people who are full of faith. Do you know what? God will be in the house where he finds faith and he finds unity. There is where God is going to be. It's impossible to please God without faith. You can't please him with your works. You can't work for your salvation. You can't, well, I wasn't church today, so that must not, I'm going to go to heaven. No, that's not how it works. Faith pleases God. Come on, say it. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. You know? And the, and the thing is, there's the, the different levels of faith. There's an original moment where you say, man, um, I don't know Jesus, and I surrender my heart to Christ. You bow the knee and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I need you. And then you say, that, that's original saving faith. But there's more than that. You see, you need faith in every area of your life. You could, have a, you could have faith for salvation. You could say, Jesus is my Savior. I believe it. He's my Savior. He has saved me. And you believe it and you trust in Him. That's wonderful. But maybe you haven't grown in another area of your life. Like, you haven't grown to trust God to be your provider. So now that needs to be built out. Or you haven't learned to trust God to be your healer of your heart, of your life. And then there's another, those other areas that need to be built out. So you can be very confident in this area. And then suddenly in another area, like, oh my word, I am so stressed. I'm so anxious. I don't know what to do with myself. Why? Because you haven't built out your faith. So if you, you need faith if you want to please God. God loves people who are full of faith. Secondly, faith is like a treasure. Faith is like treasure. It's, it's better than gold. Bible speaks about faith being like a treasure. It's better than gold. You are more wealthy when you have faith than when you have gold. Your bank account can be full and you can be stressed out of your mind. Or you can have a little bit in your bank account, but full of faith. Man, and you're enjoying life. You're having meaningful life because you have faith. Faith is like a treasure. And I believe there's like a switch on the inside of us. You see, every one of us has the capacity to believe. You are designed to trust in God. You were made to trust in God. Faith is the most rational thing in the world because God created everything. It's obvious. He's almighty. He's all-powerful. Faith to trust in the almighty creator of heaven and earth is the most rational thing in the world. Do you know what is foolish? To not believe. The Bible actually says that the atheist, the one that says there is no God, he's a fool. But they do think that they are so smart. I saw on that uh, 
don't know who's on that Facebook group for the water saving in, uh, in East London. And so I went on yesterday, I wanted to post something about Graf Renet. I don't know if you guys saw some of that video clip, but it's amazing how the dam is just flooding in. They were just filling in. It's beautiful. Beautiful. But just before I posted, there was another guy, a teacher here from in town, it seems. And he was like, can all of you please just stop thanking God for the rain? God has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Yo, he got it. The Christians were posting, what do you think you are? Are you looking for attention? (laughs) And then everybody's like, amen, amen, amen. I think in East London is a very uncomfortable place to live in for an atheist. Praise God. <laughs> but, but the Bible says the atheist is a fool because it's like the, the, all the evidence is here. It's, it's all around us. But you deny the obvious. And I understand, you know, when you don't have a living relationship with Jesus, you're blind. You, don't, you see, I was there. I didn't see it until I surrendered to Jesus. I say, Wow. I'm seeing God everywhere. It's like I was blind, but now I see. Faith. Faith is to give us eyes to see what God sees. Faith is like a treasure. You need to fight for it. You need to contend for it. You need to pursue it. When you have faith, and this is where the third one point connects. Faith connects us to God's power. Faith connects us to God. Faith connects us to God. People might say, well, my prayers don't work. But probably because you're not praying by faith. You might say, well, uh, you know, I'm not seeing this happening. But maybe, maybe because you're lacking faith. Faith is the connection to God's power. And, 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 and there's a switch on the inside of us that the Lord wants to come and flip from unbelief to faith. That, that, that capacity to believe has been given to every one of us. You can believe with all your heart. You must just flip the switch from doubt to wholehearted faith. From fear to trust. And we're going to trust in these three weeks that this is going to happen. So faith is a journey. So as I shared in 1996, I came to the Lord and I started off with a saving faith. I was a very confused young man. I didn't often know if I'm coming or going. But then I started to step out. I started to go on missions, trips, and, and I started to see God move. And so the one time I felt the Holy Spirit say to me in 1998 to go to Turkey, Muslim nation, 99.9% Muslim nation, like 10 Christians for every 100,000 or something. And so we went to pray in Turkey. And before we went there, I felt... I got this word. Someone came to me and, and gave me a word about praying for rain. Like, that's weird. Then I got another word for praying for rain. Anyway, so, and, and there's it just specific scriptures in the Bible. It speaks about an earthquake and then rain coming. And then rain being a confirmation of God's promise. That he's going to fulfill his promise. So anyway, so we went to Turkey. Just before we landed in Turkey, there was an earthquake. Massive earthquake in Turkey. And we landed, and there were a few tremors afterwards. And, you know, I'm, I'm, what, 20 years old, 21, 20, 20 years old. I know squat, but the Lord said, come to Turkey. So here we are. So now it is blazing hot. It hasn't rained in months. 40 degrees plus, no clouds in the sky. It is hot. And so then again, I felt the Lord say, 
pray for rain. So I remember, I'll never forget, it was a small team of us, five of us, four, five of us. So I'm standing on the eighth story of this block of flats, and I'm in the evening, so there's stars in the sky. There's not a cloud in the sky. I just felt the Lord say, pray for rain. So I stand there, I raise my hands, and I say, Lord, let it rain as a confirmation to Turkey that the kingdom of God is coming in this nation where there's almost no Christians. Lord, let your kingdom come. And then I waited, and then nothing in the next five minutes. Then I asked the Lord, Lord, when is it going to rain? And the Holy Spirit said to me, within 24 hours. Within 24 hours, it flooded. It was all over the news, right there in that city where we were at. Yeah, I remember sitting there in the rain at some point. I was just sitting in the rain, and the raindrops just falling on my face, and I was like, now, I don't know if it was a coincidence for all the skeptics I know. But for me, that transformed my life. Because that day, I believed that there is a God and that He hears my prayers, and if I obey Him, The kingdom of God is going to come. That was a defining moment in my life. That day, I believed that all things are possible with God. No, 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 the skeptic is going to say, well, why didn't you pray for rain a few months ago? Because the Lord didn't tell me to. Or whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's not like faith isn't like, well, I want the Ferrari, so Ferrari red, please, Jesus. No, that's just being stupid. It's about obedience to God. It's about the will of God and then partnering with God and seeing His will be done. The miracle is in God's hands. But believing is in ours. We need to believe. We need to trust. You know, sometimes when I I speak to people about physical healing and Jesus healing people supernaturally, they're like, then why don't you go empty up, empty out the hospitals? It doesn't work like that. The miracle's in God's hands. Our job is, yes, we go to the hospital. We go pray for people. If someone gets healed, All glory to God. If someone doesn't get healed, I'm just not believing enough yet. Amen. The miracle is in God's hands. But believing is in our hands. You need to grow in faith if you want to see the kingdom come. So I was a a 20, 21-year-old coming back from Turkey. Woo! Who is the man? My, my, unfortunately, my character wasn't ready to handle it. So the Lord took me through a journey of pain, of, of, of getting all the pride out. Well, not all the pride. There's probably some still, still left in there. But, but a journey of getting less pride, you know. But I came back from Turkey, and I was so full of faith. I was like in that season, before that season, I was like, um, I, I sort of had a, a liking in Sonica. But she... She's blonde. Huh? She just didn't, didn't click it that I'm really, really interested. So anyway, so I decided, I mean, on her 21st birthday, I bought her like a massive bush of red roses. Come on, that, guys, what does that say? What does that say? I like you. She didn't get it. Anyway, so I decided... Before I went to Turkey, a few months before that, I was like, I'm over women for the next 10 years. Jesus, I am, well, no woman in my life. I would just want to do Jesus. Unless you speak to me, I will then focus on the one that you want me to. But I was, I was radical, radical, like no woman. I remember coming back from Turkey, and I was like, hearing the voice of God so beautifully. We went to a camp, 
Because things happen at camps, people. Just saying. Went to a camp, church camp, and we were in worship, and we were just worshiping Jesus. And, and I, man, I was just experiencing God. And the next moment, I saw a vision. In this vision, I saw someone walking downstairs in this beautiful gown. And as I looked up in the vision, I saw Sonica. So I sat down. God, what are you trying to say? Should I invite her to the formal that's coming up? What, what, what? I, this is like a profound word. Anyway, the Lord showed me that she's my wife. And uh, man, I married well. Hallelujah. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that in that season of faith being unlocked in my heart, believing that God can do all things and pursuing Him with one heart, in that moment God spoke to me and said, I've called you and Sonica to be a partnership for the glory of my kingdom. And so I could pursue God. I could follow the guidance of the Lord. But you see, you need to have faith unlocked so that you can be led. So that you can step into the will of God. So that you can pursue whatever God wants you to pursue. A business or, a, or, or whatever it is He wants you to do. You need to have faith to hear His voice. Now, I normally put in a disclaimer there as well. That it's rare for people to have visions about who they marry. So don't, don't go down that path. We were friends. We already liked one another. It was just me saying, I'm not going to talk to another woman for 10 years until you speak to me, Lord. So it was my own foolishness. But uh, yeah. But the miracle's in His hands, but the believing's in ours. So, so many years ago, in that season of going to Turkey, the Lord gave me this verse, Isaiah 7, verse 9. Sort of the second part of the verse. And this is where the Lord started to work with me concerning faith. And he said to, it says there, if you will not believe, you shall not be established. That's what the Lord spoke to me. If you don't believe, your destiny cannot be fulfilled. If you do not believe, you will step outside of my will and you will not pursue the, my, my plans of, as I've called you to. And then, beautiful, in this Isaiah 7 verse 9, the, the NIV, it says this, If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. If you do not stand in faith, you will not stand at all. And so what happened to me is I was a season in my life that I had a whole lot of faith when I was in that season, but my character couldn't match up with the level of faith I was stepping into. And so the Lord took me on a journey of character building. And so I went through seasons where I moved away completely from pursuing God. I, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's like sometimes how older you get in the kingdom, how more unbelieving you become. And then you have the just converted, like, all things are possible. And then the older of us are like, yeah, 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 just, well, you'll figure out. It's, don't believe so much. You also get disillusioned like the rest of us. You know? No. But there were seasons that I really wrestled. I walked away completely from the power of God in the 2006, 7, 8, 9. That's, there was a really difficult season. And I remember in the one service I was in Stellenbosch, I was just doing sort of an admin job. I wasn't, I wasn't doing ministry and um, I, I, I didn't trust God for big things anymore. And in the middle of the service, 
There was one of the prayer, prayer ladies intercessor. She came to me. She called me and Sonica out. And she said to me, the Lord says to you, return to my power. Return to my power. In other words, return to faith. Wholehearted faith so that you can experience my power. So lives can be changed. So the kingdom of God can come. But if you do not stand in faith, you will not stand at all. You won't make it. The pressure will be too much at some point. You won't cope if you're not standing in faith. So standing in faith is like standing on this rock. You're standing on the rock Christ and you will not be shaken. But when you're not standing on that rock, you are in trouble. You see, and that rock of Christ is where you say, Lord, my trust isn't in people. Although I trust people, but my trust isn't in people. My trust is in you, Lord. My trust isn't in these other things, but in you and you alone. So yes, people are going to fail me. I mean, Jesus said himself, he said, I know what is in man. Jesus wasn't offended when people failed him because he knew people will fail. His faith was in his heavenly father. And there's part of that transition you and I need to make. If, you're, if your faith is in people, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to get hurt. It doesn't mean we don't trust people. It just means my, my trust isn't in people. My trust is in God. Come on, let's say I trust in God. He's able to keep you. He's able to, to take you wherever you need to go. When you stand in faith in the Almighty, then you're truly standing. I mean, think about this for a moment. Let's say you lose your job, you get laid off at work. God sitting on His throne in heaven, He looks down, He sees, He lost His job and the King of glory falls off His throne. What are we going to do? I did not see this coming. No. God sees everything long before the time and He makes provision. He loves you. He knows what you're going through. And He has made provision for every facet of your life. Your challenge is to unlock faith. To trust. To trust in Him. I have found that the more I grow in faith, the more I see God move. The more I grow in faith, more the kingdom comes. The more I grow in faith, the easier everything becomes because it is Him and not me. Amen. So He sees it. He's able. So I want to use this question. I want to, this is your homework that you need to do for this three weeks. I want you to ask this question in every area of your life. I've been doing this over the last few months and it's just been unlocking faith in my heart. Ask this question. What would faith look like in this? So you're hitting something, it's bad. Whatever it might be, you can fill it in. Financial challenges, relational challenges, marital problems, whatever it might be, you're hitting a wobble. Now what? Ask this question. Okay, God, what would faith look like in this? So I asked myself this question before Friday night youth, because I'm like, Jesus, we need way more miracles at youth on a Friday night than on a Sunday. Because I also was a young person. (laughs) And the brain is all over the show. 
And so you want to go into striving mode like, God, come, Lord, do something. And I reminded myself, well, what does faith look like in this? And I remembered, God wants to touch these young people more than I can imagine. I don't need to arm wrestle him. He is with me. He's with us. He wants to touch them. He has made all his, his resources available for the kingdom of God to come. All I need to do is now to believe it and to step out. And so you can do the same in any area of your life. You're battling with something. Why do you ask the question? Ask this question. Well, what would faith look like in this? Then you start reminding yourself of what the Word of God says. Well, He loves me. Maybe you've messed up badly. You've sinned. You've done something terrible. And this guilt and the shame is on you. And people are telling you, man, you're such a so-and-so. You're a stuff-up. You are useless. Well, well, what would faith look like in that? Faith looks like this. Uh, you're right. I am a stuff-up. I am nothing without Jesus. In myself, I'm going to mess things up. But He loves me. He died for me. And I know that when I am close to Him, the kingdom of God will come. When I'm close to Him, then I'm, I'm a better person. Then I change into being a saint and no longer a sinner. But it's only in Him. All my confidence is in Him and not in myself. Here's the next time someone tells you how terrible you are, you say, yeah, it's true. Jesus is amazing. And He loves me. And he's with me. In myself, stuff up. In him, a saint. Amen. Come and say it. I am a saint. In him. Without him, we're nothing. You see, but the moment we get confused about who's awesome, <laughs> things get weird. <laughs> who's awesome in this, in, the, in this equation? God is awesome. Amazing. God is wonderful. If you stand in faith, you will stand. But if you do not stand in faith, you will not stand at all. If you do not stand in faith, you will not stand at all. You will not make it. Put all your, don't dilute your faith. Don't have faith in self, faith in your own works. All our faith is in Him. Amen. If you don't stand in faith, you won't stand at all. So I was reading this um, in Amos. I was reading through the book of Kings and just uh, fascinating reading of how God dealt with Israel. <clears throat> and so these guys would pursue God and obey Him and follow Him and love Him, and then they would just go off track. They would be extremely religious, but their hearts weren't truly unto God. They trusted in other things, Egypt and the false gods and whatever else. And then the prophet comes and he speaks to them. He speaks in this verse. Amos 2, verse 14. It says that the prophet saying, Therefore flight shall perish from the swift. Because you're not following God. Because you've turned away from God. Because you, you think you are awesome in yourself, but you don't realize that without God you're nothing. The strong shall not strengthen his power, nor shall the mighty deliver himself. He shall not stand. Who handles the bow. The swift of foot shall not escape. Nor shall he who rides a horse deliver himself. The most courageous of men of might shall flee naked in that day, says the Lord. Why? Because you're standing, you're resisting God. You're fighting against God. 
You know, it's like this. If the whole world would turn against God, who's going to win? God. You can't resist. You can't fight against God. You always lose. He is the Almighty. So I want to be on the winning side. Who, how about you? So I'm going to stand with the Lord. I'm going to stand with God. I'm going to choose to follow Him and to pursue Him. Because I know when I stand with Him, I'm on the winning side. But when I'm without Him, things don't work. Things do not work, people. So you might say, hey, my life's falling apart. I don't have peace. I don't have joy. Well, maybe, maybe you're not pursuing the Lord in a way that you should. So I'm going to invite you into that. You will either stand in faith or you won't stand at all. So look at this. Amos verse 5, verse 4. Later on in that same book, it says, For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live. Seek me and live. Seek me and live. And that's where I believe faith, if you want to unlock faith, that's where we need to start. You need to seek the Lord. I showed a video clip to, them, to, to, to some uh, group recently, and, and they did studies in, in the United States. Um, they were interviewing 40,000 people of faith and evaluating their lives. And they, they asked them a question like, okay, um, how, how often do you read the Word of God? And then they would say, well, once. And the, and the conclusion was, for those who read the Word or hear the Word once a week, minimal effect on their lives. So let's say that's just coming to Sunday service. Minimal effect of radical change in their lives. Then they say, okay, those who twice a week read the Word of God, uh, and the result's still negligent. Minimal change. Minimal change. Third, three, three times a week, they still say a little bit of a blip there. There's almost a heartbeat, but still not significant change. And then they said them, those who read the Word of God four times a week or more, massive increase of life change. 50% less alcoholism. 50% less pornography. 200% more evangelism. 200% more discipling people. 30-something percent less loneliness. There's something that happens when you and I are in the Word for ourselves. You see, you can't come on a Sunday and think, well, Andre's going to give me faith. I can't. You need to pursue this yourself every day. I'm, I'm giving you a pep talk today. I want to point you in the right direction. But the result must be you must open the Word of God for yourself. And you need to stand on that Word. And say, well, if I do not, if I do not seek the Lord, I shall not live. But if I seek the Lord, I shall live. So I'm going to take that one verse and just stand on that verse this whole week. Or the other one that says, if I do not believe, I will not be established. So I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. Just take that one verse and wrestle with it until faith is unlocked on the inside of you. So what does genuine faith look like? Genuine faith can be seen on somebody's life. The one way that you can see that there's real faith in someone's life is the way that they pursue God. I mean, if you really trust in God, this, this is the fascinating thing. What you trust in is what you will lean into. So if you trust in the entertainment, we're going to lean into your TV. Hello, TV. Make me feel happy today. I'm down. Give me an upper. And then it's cliffhanger at the end of the series episode, and you have to do another one. 
And then you do another one. It's not real peace. It's not real joy. What do you trust in? Trusting in the bottle, trusting in the pills, trusting in your bank account, trusting what you trust in is what you will lean into. But if you trust in the Almighty, then I can come and look in your house. I can look, I can look through the window and I'm going to see. I'm going to see you in the Word. I'm going to see you. You know that, uh, that happened, the pastor came and visited a, a couple and... Uh, and he had supper, and then after the supper evening, the, 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 the pastor left. And then a day or so later, the wife says to the husband, I think the pastor stole one of our spoons. Anyway, so some months later, I think about a year later, she, the lady has the courage to ask the pastor, what did you do to um, our spoon? No, I put it in your Bible. Ouchiko, wouchi. <laughs> In other words, if you want faith, you need to get into the Word for yourself. If you want faith, you need to go and, and get a promise from the Lord for yourself, and you need to hold it before the Lord. I saw this beautiful, someone posted this, I think, on Facebook. It's so powerful. But it said, if you enter the Lord's presence with praise, He will enter your circumstances with power. If you enter the Lord's presence with praise, like we did this morning, like, Jesus, you are the Almighty. You are powerful. You reign from heaven above. Let the gates open. Let the kingdom come. And as we praise Him, as we step into His presence, then God steps into our circumstances with power. You see, real praise is a manifestation of faith. Real praise, like, God, I believe. Passionate praise, I believe. I trust in you. It doesn't look good, God. But in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the crisis, I am exalting the name of God. Because I know when I lift up your name, you're going to step into my circumstances with power. Amen. So what about doing that? You're battling at work or you're battling your work environment. Go and praise there. Go early and go praise there in the boardroom. Go march around your office. Go, go take authority over your environment and say, Jesus, trust in you. You are able. You are able. Amen. Come on. Faith. You need to praise him despite what you're seeing. Then he steps in. His presence, his power moves in. So let's say, finishing up, let's say you are having a challenging marriage at this time. You're standing on the precipice of divorce. What does faith look like in this? What does faith look like in this? Maybe you're carrying unforgiveness, anger. Maybe both parties are, are hurt, angry. You know, it's like you can't stand one another. But if you don't stand in faith, you will not stand at all. So what does faith look like in this? Faith in such a scenario looks as follows. It's like, Jesus, I trust in you to heal my heart. Jesus, I trust in you 
to help me to deal with my anger and my unforgiveness. Because you are able. You're the God that heals hearts. Jesus, I trust in you to heal my partner's heart and to help me to love and to honor my partner well. Humble myself. Jesus, I'm looking at my partner who's acting out of character, maybe angry, bitter, spewing stuff from their mouths that was, was just hurting me and wounding me. What does faith look like in that? Faith in that scenario looks as follows. But God, this is not him. This is not who he is. I, I see a man of God. I see a man who trusts in you. I see a man that is a good man. I see somebody that you have blessed me with that will come through their pain and their, and their anger and all of that. And this marriage will be united again. God, I'm, I'm, I'm looking past what I'm seeing because I am seeing. I'm seeing your perspective. You, you have to apply faith. If you want to see something turn for good, if you want to see the power of presence of God move in. If you don't stand in faith, you won't stand at all. Some years ago, there was a couple in church, and the, the lady especially, she was turning anti, anti-God and angry and critical. And, and, uh, and man, I was really battling to, with this scenario. And so I took her to the Lord, and I prayed about it. I said, God, what must I do with this scenario? And the Lord showed me a vision, a picture in my mind's eye. God speaks in pictures often. And I I saw a vision of the Titanic. Like the last bit. Sinking. And the Lord said to me, that's what's going to happen. Because this lady is not willing to humble herself. Because she's not willing to humble herself before God. And exactly what happened. A year later, two years later, divorce. Painful, painful divorce. And I still think that lady is not serving Jesus today. Titanic. Pride will always, as the Lord said to me, pride will always lead to destruction. And so you and I, that's where faith begins, is to humble ourselves before the living God and say, God, I need you. If I don't seek you, I won't live. If I don't stand in faith, I won't stand at all. So God, I'm going to lean into you in every area of my life and to trust you. The last verse I want to read, John 15, verse 4 to 7. It says, abide in me. This is Jesus speaking. Abide in me. That's leaning into him. That is connecting. That's getting connected to him. Abide in me. That's seeking him that you may live. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Now, a branch can do nothing. A branch disconnected from the vine. No nutrients. No water, no life, dead. And there are many believers that try to do on once a week, connecting, abiding. No, you need to go further. You need to go deeper. It says that I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. I know this. That's why I seek God. Lord Jesus, I need you. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch. He's withered. They gather them, throw them into the fire. They burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Hallelujah. If you don't stand in faith, 
you won't stand at all. If you don't abide in the Lord, you will not have faith. You need to abide. Come on, let's say it. I'm going to abide. Abide. That means day and night. Abiding in Him. Abiding in Him. Abiding and praising Him. Connected to Him. Seeing things according to His perspective. Ask the question, God, what does faith look? What does faith look? What does faith look like in this? Maybe you have been through a divorce. It's game over. It's gone. Well, what does faith look like then? God can give you a second beginning. God can give you another start. It is never game over with God. His mercies are new every day. Amen. So don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.